Hello there and welcome to this episode of the Fit Over 45 podcast with me Gareth Boot and me Sue Cowlisher. I worked out my turn to introduce it today. You did the first, I had the second, you did the third, this is the fourth, fourth episode. Already. We're soon coming, aren't it? One a week, you know, that's a month away since we started doing this. So I'm just trying to organise a bit of wires over here. We've got our... It's fine. Are you okay? Yeah. We're all tangled up. No. So today's episode is all about injury, prevention of and then recovery from injury. Because this is something, when we start talking about fitness, it's something you really have to be mindful of, isn't it? That when you, when you start doing something that's more physically exerting, there's a chance you're going to have some form of injury. There is. But, I mean, I've been very lucky. As I am, I don't know, <laughs> until last week. Well, that's why we're doing this podcast, because the one thing we kind of associate injury with is doing too much. You know, people push too hard. You know, they're trying things that are too difficult and that can cause injuries. And there is a percentage of people that do that. But then every now and again, even if you're doing the kind of the the smallest amount of exercise, even even the lightest kind of exercise, something can happen which can cause you to to be injured, which is what happened to you. So let's just... Let's, oh, let's... I've had two injuries. I had my knee. Okay. Let's talk about these because these, these are relevant. You know, so far we're only four episodes in, so you know, you're know you still getting to know us and hopefully um, learn about our thing. And our thing, as far as being fit is concerned, is there are three big factors to it. There's mindset, there's there's the um, food we eat, the nutrition we take on, and then there's the, the exercise or the training we do. Um, and you know that one of our favourite ways to, to stay in shape from a training or exercise perspective is walking. So I'll let you tell the story because it's an interesting one. Um, I think it's interesting because it, it was the most innocuous of circumstances that this occurred in but you four days ago now injured yourself so tell the tell the listeners what happened well do you want me to talk about the injury where i knew i'd injured myself on a walk no talk about that one second this 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 is the, the one the, the one i want to talk about first is the injury that happened when quite honestly i don't know how you did it i don't know how you did it let's talk about it because i want to mention that first and we'll go back to one where you knew you'd injured yourself so talk about this one first well, this one was um, last weekend on a walk. Um, yeah, it was one of those things. I'd climbed a few styles. We were getting to the end of the walk. We were just walking along the bank. And I, don't, I know I have no idea what I did, but I twisted my ankle. I fell over. No, I can't even remember what came before that. But I, I twisted my ankle and then it made me... I think the twisting of the ankle made me throw myself on the floor because it was really painful. Um, and yeah, it, for for five, ten minutes, it was really, really sore. And I was like bothered that I'd done myself quite a serious injury because it's just something that doesn't really happen to me or very, very rarely considering all the exercise that I do. Um, so yeah, I twisted my ankle and I had to hobble back about a mile, was it? It's not, it's not, not far from that. But I, I even knew then that it wasn't serious because after a few minutes, it it wasn't getting any worse. In fact, the pain was starting to subside a little bit. And um, I just, I've, all I've done is iced it down. I have taken some ibuprofen for inflammation, but I've iced it down twice a day. And um, I'm really pleased. We were in like Monday, Tuesday, three days later, four days later, it's um, on it, well on its way to, to recovery. And I kind of like to think it's my yoga and stuff you know, being flexible with my joints that's helped me um, not sustain a much worse injury. Yeah. 
think what was interesting about that injury, and the, and the reason that I think it's important to talk about this today, is you can be doing something and you can be just walking along like you when you fall over and it can have an, an, an effect on you like it clearly had with you. But then there's, there's, there's kind of the... You can look. You can you can do a little bit of a kind of an autopsy on what you did. You know, was it the way you were walking? Were you, I think I just put something? my foot down and it had gone yeah, over it on it and it simple. twisted and then that made me fall. Yeah. So so it's a funny thing is when we do something like that, we if we injure ourselves, there can be that even if, you know, why did I do this? You can stand and feel silly with yourself. Oh, I shouldn't have fallen over. But I think this, that's the first phase. The next phase is you got to think about how you deal with that and how you as quickly as possible can allow that injury to, to recover itself. And this this is what I think is important around fitness, especially when we get over 45. You know, sometimes your recovery time is greater than it is when, you, when you're younger. You, you've just got to accept that. So sometimes this idea of, there's used to be that famous saying, isn't it, that, you know, no pain, no gain, which I think is ridiculous. The pain's there for a reason. It's telling you a story. Yeah, and I was talking to somebody last night and, and she was saying years ago, you were told to rest. She isn't, because I said on the morning it's worse because I've rested, it's stiffened up and it's sore. But by the time I've walked on it and eased it off a little bit, it's a lot better. And I remember my dad had a bad back and he was told to rest. And really, that was probably the worst thing that he could have done. They're not, people don't tell him to do that anymore. Well, well, let's be clear, we're not doctors. And, you know, I'm sure there are people that are way more knowledgeable than us that, that could give you the, the exact science behind this. All I, I think you've said there that is I think he's right is the fact that even if you're resting you can't stay stiff you've got to allow some movement the interesting thing about injuring yourself and I mean you've done that this last weekend is afterwards you've got to say okay how do I how do I get into how do I get this recovered so I think some of the things you've done have been really interesting I wanted to talk about this today because the minute you start pushing your exercise you're gonna you're gonna start to find aches and pains and there's a difference between an ache and a pain that my muscles ache because I've not used them for a while in that I've damaged the muscle here and I need to rest it. It's a very different feeling. So like with you, I, I, I kind of recognised even after day two that bruising had come out on your leg because, it, you know, you'd not, you'd gone over on it so you'd clearly done a little bit of a sprain, a strain and that bruise came out straight away and that's a good sign because that shows you... The way it's, it, sometimes somebody once said to me, I once um, sprained my ankle quite badly and um, somebody said it's actually less painful to break it. Mm. I said a sprain can we be more painful. We won't try though. We'll not try. We're not into breaking bones. But again, you know, you can't, you can't ever say and guarantee you're never going to break a bone, slip over a trip, hurt yourself. So you've got to be prepared for it. And especially when you're involved in, a, in improving your fitness. The interesting thing that um, I've been looking at with the podcast is that the last, the first episode we did, which was um, how to be fit over 45 it had loads of listeners. And then the one panel last week, which was about walking, less of it, less. And I, and I realise sometimes people are very selective in what they want to hear. So when it comes to getting fit, they want to hear the things they want to hear. And I think we've got to be truthful with what we talk about. If you're going to get fit over 45, there's going to be some certain facts you're going to have to deal with. And dealing with injury at some point is something you've got to consider. You know, and you this week recognise you did yourself. So let's talk about what you did with that sprain throughout the week. So we're now on we're now on Wednesday. You did this on Saturday. Mm-hmm. So what did you sort of do day one? You know, this happened on, on Saturday morning. What did the first thing you did on Saturday afternoon when you got home? I iced it down. 
So this is an important thing, icing it down. So explain what you mean by icing it down. It might sound obvious, but... Yeah, well, some people use bags of peas, but we've got a proper ice bag pack. You know, them blue things with a little screw top, like a fabric. And you put ice in there and um, it moulds because it moves. So you can kind of half wrap it round. So I just sort of got my foot in a position and, and rested it on the ice pack for quite a long time, good half hour. So you did that, but prior to that, you, and then after that, what did you do? I had a salt bath. Again, there's evidence that going Epsom to a bed with Epsom salts will, will draw out any kind of inflammation. Yeah. Um, so that's basically it. And I rested it on the Sunday. If you remember, I sat with a long face. Um, you weren't happy, were Because you? I had walked on it and it started throbbing and it was quite achy, achy. So I just elevated it on a, on a cushion and I laid on the sofa doing some writing and just being a bit mis... mis. <laughs> Le Miserable. Oh, I've been a Les Miserable, yeah. But then I just, you know what I did? I just surrendered to it. <laughs> but that's an important thing you've said there. It is, because, because you, you know, the, you pain, must... the pain is in the resistance. If you accept the fact that something's happened, you need to get recovered from it, you don't start sitting and wondering why should I, could I, not pushing too hard. So that was day one, you did that on Saturday, then Sunday you rested, then Monday... Well, of course I had yoga to teach well, on Monday, well, so a little bit concerned, that's why I took the Ibrapup ibuprofen on the monday morning i know i wouldn't recommend this if you're just blocking pain out and you can't feel it you could eat you, you could do worse damage however i uh, i taught a class and i explained to them and um they're all, they're all well versed in yoga you know i could say get into your downward dog without actually having to get into it with them so i was just mindful on the monday of of bending it too much it was it was when i I could walk on the flat, but doing any any twisting or moving more than that um, was just still quite painful. So I, I tried, I just did my best to avoid it. Well, the ibuprofen, I mean, that also brings down swelling, which can help. Yeah, that's why I took it. Because, I, mean, I, I, want, I do want to talk about medication further on in this podcast, because it's something we were having a discussion about this morning, which, which in fairness, pushed me to want to do this episode, the, 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 the content in this today. I think it's worth talking about. But you've got to look at when you are doing exercise. And like I said, we, we will always be pushing walking, the idea of getting outside in nature and walking. This is always going to be our go-to form of exercise for people that we advise at fit over 45 because it's kind of, you can do it at any age. And bear in mind, you slipped over, but I mean, you, you know, kids can slip over, you know. It's, mm. it slips and trips happen. You know, you can, you can do your best to try to um, get around that. I mean, one thing that, oh, so he's having a sneeze. Oh, you mastered that well. <laughs> he's gone all purple bless me bless you the one thing that I mean we can look at before we go on to sort of talking about your other injury because I want to talk about that as well your, your knee injury that you, that you sustained a, a few years ago when, when you are get, when you go out walking even if you're an experienced walker the one thing you can take with you and, and some people have got a bit of an ego problem in taking these and using them and I don't think they're always appropriate depending on arguably the terrain you're on but walking with poles because the poles give you an ability to steady yourself. So if you have a little slip or a trip, you, you tend to catch yourself with your poles. And what I'm talking about is the walking poles. So these are something, if you are going to do more walking and you are, maybe you are slightly concerned about, you know, your balance or, or your fitness to start with, the poles have, have two effects, really. They've got two positive effects. One is they will steady you if you fall. You'll be able to sort of grab all of the poles and you won't drop as quickly, if at all. But secondly, they, they take away 10% I think the figure is 10%. It, 
there's 10% less effort goes through your legs and your knees and your joints, your lower joints, by using walking poles. So it's something, again, if, if you're just wanting to go for a walk around the park, probably not necessary, but again, you've got to look at your own fitness levels and your own where you are. But if you'd have had them poles, maybe you'd, you'd have caught yourself. I don't have a thing about poles. And you say I called, I called um, when I was talking to my mum, I said walking sticks, and she said, they're not sticks, they're poles. And I I don't have a thing about them at all, and a lot of athletes... Well, all the, all the long-distance walkers will use them. Because you've got to be honest, 10% more efficient. Mm-hmm. So so you've kind of got to a stage now, Wednesday morning as recording this, where you, your foot is well on the road to recovery because you did three things, and I'm going to share what those three things are. So this is this would be, and again, jump in if I'm saying anything that you would add to or disagree with. So the first thing that Sue did is she recognised she had injured herself. You know, she didn't kind of say, oh, it's not so bad, I'll just keep going. The fact we were close in the walk was good, but... If we had have been, let's say, halfway through the walk, we, we would have cut the walk short. There's no doubt about that. You'd have had to give me a piggyback. Yeah, we'd have had to carry you. So the minute you know you've injured yourself, sprained, done something, whatever it might be, if you're feeling some pain, as quickly as possible, remove yourself from that form of exercise. Now, clearly, if you're walking in the hills and you're, you've got to walk to a point where you can be um, collected or you can get out of your car, that you've got to be mindful of that. But she, she's recognised straight away there's a problem, there's something about it, as in stop. Secondly, she started the recovery process immediately from getting home, straight down to icing down, warm bath, salt bath, Epsom salts. Now, the icing down is a really important thing because you can ice down, even if you've done a walk and you haven't injured yourself, icing yourself down is a good way to to help your muscles recover, especially if you've done something a bit more vigorous. So she did that. So that she did something immediately. And then what the third thing is, which I think is really sensible is, she was mindful of how that would affect her in the coming few days. So, clearly, as a yoga teacher, she had to just adjust her stuff slightly. So, those are three things. Recognise you've got an injury, stop immediately, get away from the exercise. Secondly, take your start your recovery process immediately when you get on with icing down, salt bath and resting. And then adjust your um, schedule for the coming days so you're not doing any more work on it. Um I'm going to talk about injury after you've talked about your knee, but I have in the past tried to to train through injury, and it doesn't work. It doesn't help. So those ideas think, well, you know, I'll go out on Monday. I did it on Saturday. I'll go out on Monday. You know, keep going, push on through the pain. That's just foolish. So you did that, and then prior to that, the, the knee one was interesting that you did because that knee injury you got that again in quite a. That was a, a serious knee injury which I didn't understand at the time. If you remember, we'd we'd. We'd done a particular walk and they'd had to change the route and we were going up a grassy bank for the best part of half a mile and everybody was sliding down, falling over, managed to get to the top. And then walking along, we then came on a really steep ascent, descent. Is it descent when you come down? Descent is coming down, yes. Really steep. And I just put my foot down, halfway down, and I just felt it go... And it got quite painful, and I had that for a few days. It did start to feel like it was getting better, but then one day I just, I think I was getting into bed, and I just kind of, if you remember, I like leapt on the bed and bent my knee right back, and it just went, and it was just, it took a year. In fact, now, when I do certain moves, I can feel it's still a little bit tight. I I even rung the doctor and they basically said, you've done this, you've done that. You might have to have some physio. So I looked up physio moves on on, on, uh, YouTube and stuff. But that was really, 
a long time and because I was carried, I carried on working because I didn't really have a choice, you know, work for myself. And that hampered the, um, the recovery, definitely. It took best part of a year before I felt that it was, you know, it healed enough. Um, because if you remember, I couldn't even walk. When I got up on the morning, I couldn't put my foot on the floor. I remember it very well. You know, the, the, the tension on the knee was just, it was very bad, that really bad. I had, I strapped it up, I got one of them sleevey things and I were always taking painkillers and, uh, yeah, that was not good. You know, sometimes, especially in this world we live in where you've got, quite honestly, bullshit on social media, people telling you things that aren't correct and... Um, I didn't want that from whatever we did, whether it was podcasting, whether the stuff we put on to, to Facebook or YouTube. I wanted to be honest with people, and the, the fact is that, you know, we do get injured. And, and even the kind of the fittest of athletes get injured. You know, you've only got to know that if, if you follow sport, you know, look how many times you get athletes out injured. It's a part of the game. Um, but being somebody now who's been exercising regularly for a number of years, um, I would take an occasional injury over the illness caused by no ex- exercise or mm. energy at all because the thing with what you're talking about there and a lot of the stuff we talk about, they tend to be muscle strains. They tend to be issues with maybe joints, things that can be resolved. I think I tore something in my knee and you, knowing you, you what I know a, now, yeah, you, you, it needed to rest. But again, you learn from that. You needed to re- no, rest it without completely doing nothing yeah. with it. It's because, you know, movement. if you've got a tear, muscle tear, and you just rest it, it knits back together tight yeah so you'll always have that tightness so it's the fine line between gentle movement on it and not just doing nothing and then not overdoing it but you know clearly because i carried on working it it really slowed the um, recovery down this the thing with that your dangers we're talking about today is if you're going out and doing a little bit of exercise and it's very gentle you know, your chances of injury are less, but also the payback for that exercise is less as well. So for some people, if you are, if you're in good shape and you're physically well, then maintaining that physical fitness is, is relatively straightforward. But when you are trying to get fitter and part of what we want to do at Fit Over 45 is not just tell people stay fit, but also get fit. So in the getting fit process, you are going to push, you are going to have to push yourself more. And I think that is what a lot of people avoid the reason we were talking about this is, hey, you injured yourself. Secondly, we were talking this morning about medication. You'd seen a program on, on TV or somebody told you about a program. You've not watched it yet. Which oh, I'm to rec- with... Yeah, well, I'm not recommending it. Somebody it's... recommended it to me. Well, don't mention what it is, but what's it about? The subject, what's it about? It's about... Um, it's a, a drug, isn't it? A drug it's about company. a drug in America that was a super strong painkiller um, and it was sold as, a, as, a, as that, but not as being addictive. Yeah, and it turned out to be horrendously addictive, and it caused suicides, depression. It was really, really bad. Okay, but it was talking about when I was reading about it how we're addicted to painkillers. You know, we we want we want a, a quick remedy for any aches or pains. Right. So we become addicted to the to the painkillers. So, so so that conversation when we were on this morning developed into it's not just the people are addicted to painkillers. There seems to be such a reliance on medication, especially in people that are getting a little bit older in life. So, again, I'm sure it's in younger people, but certainly when we look at our age group, sort of 45 and above, there are people that are just, 
practically living on medication. I mean, there was somebody, I, it's, it's, it's not somebody I know particularly well, but it's somebody that I know of and that I, I suppose, you know, do we know each other well enough? We're friends on Facebook kind of thing. But they are, they are, they routinely talk about, there's a couple, this is a couple that routinely talk about medication, going to pick his medication or taking his medication. And my, my question is, at what point are you going to take some responsibility and say, okay, how do I get off this medication? So for you, if you, if you were still taking painkillers for that knee and you kept going and going and going and just taking the painkillers, you're not really solving the problem, you're masking the problem. Yeah, mate, that's what painkillers do. So in any medications, the same. If you've got some medication taken, now I know without anybody starting to get all upset and offended, and, and if you want to get offended, you, you listen to the wrong podcast because we don't agree with being offended. You should, you should listen to facts and figures. The facts and figures are most people would rather keep continuing taking the medication than solve the issue underneath the medication. Now, some illnesses, let's be honest, will require medication. But for a lot of things, especially things that are to do with... Um, with weight, carrying too much weight, so things to do with diabetes and high blood pressure. These things can be resolved with diet and exercise as opposed to just medication. So I think being aware of that as you go into a fitness program is really important. You know, yes, you can do so much by taking medication, but you can resolve those issues. I mean, we did talk, was it last week or the week before? No, it was the week before the second we talked about how I lost that weight. We talked about weight loss and mm. how we got people in that did this particular cleanse we talked about. If you haven't checked that out, it's episode two. It's a good episode. Listen to that um, if you haven't listened to it. And it'll tell you how we went through a cleanse with some food, some Ayurvedic techniques Sue used, and she put other people through it. And there were illnesses that people had taken medication for had been resolved. Mm. You know, there was some. Um, there were a lot of digestive stuff. You know, like um, yeah, well, digestive issues ibs constipation you know that kind of thing so if you, if you start to look at things from a perspective of is there a way to resolve this issue holistically can we look at something to do that involves us moving more or doing some form of exercise and can we change what we're consuming or what we're drinking or what we're eating to resolve that and in generally most illnesses there is i don't want to get into this and go into it too deep because you can you can end up going down a rabbit hole with this Injuries happen because we do something, we recognise that injury is there and generally we do something about it because it wasn't there one minute, it was there the next and then you make some change like Sue did. I'm working, I'm walking along normally, I've hurt myself, I'm injured, I've done something about it. But other illnesses that we caused by lifestyle don't tend to happen that quickly. They happen kind of over a period of time, so you tend to tolerate them. But it's the same thing, it's the same way of recognising, you, you know, when the minute you recognise you're taking medication and oh, this is really bad because I've got diabetes caused by lifestyle hang on we stop just like you stopped with the walking let's get off what we're doing and the lifestyle secondly what's the first thing we can do you know like you did you came home and you iced it down and you did that well what would that be with something like diabetes well okay let's start to look at the diet what can we change today then long term what's the plan for how i'm going to eat and how i'm going to exercise for the next coming days weeks months well you know i being a yoga teacher i'm really heavy into the Ayurvedic lifestyle of using food or, or not using it even, but eating certain foods to balance the body and to heal the body. Because f this is just my thinking. Well, it's not just my thinking. If you injure yourself and then you create the right environment for it to heal, it will naturally heal. And what's interesting, I always use these stories. If you see an animal that's injured... It goes and finds somewhere dark and it's, it rests 
it slows its heartbeat and it rests. And then days later it comes out and it runs off. We have to be aware of this resting and healing process that is necessary when you've injured yourself. And just as people will take medication, there are other people that push on through and go carry on doing their exercises. Yeah, and I mean, I'll talk about that now because I had, I, a couple of years ago, the one issue I always had from a young age was back pain. And the more I look at it now, I, I think that was to do with sedentary lifestyle. I didn't move a lot. I used and to go also to work. you're tall. It's a yeah, thing you, tall people have. They tend stoop. to have to stoop a lot, yeah. But I had a problem with my back pain. And it's something that actually, I went to see a doctor about it when I'd have been in my 20s. And I had an issue with my knee and my back, and the two were kind of linked. And I, and basically, they always ask the question, do you do any sport? Well, I said, no, I don't now, but I used to play a lot of cricket. Oh, you've probably done your knees, your cartilage. Okay, so now I've got a problem with my knee and my cartilage. Um, can I do anything about it? No, not really, not at your age. And what about my back? Well, you know, there's not a lot you can do about that either. It was kind of a very kind of blow it off, take painkillers, it'll go away. And it didn't really go away. And then when you, when I met you and we started to, to kind of get more involved with exercise, you took me to a yoga class. And that yoga class, just simply six months of doing yoga. In fact, it wasn't even six months. It was probably less than that, probably about four months of doing yoga with a, with a personal one-to-one teacher we had. Um, that back pain has gone and never come back. But what I used to try to do was train through it. Mm. So to go to the gym, you know, I'd take the painkillers and it just never went away. Was and it like lower back pain? It was right across it. Almost if you imagine... Oh, I remember when I met you, yeah. If you was... try to imagine, it's right at the, the... I think it's called your coccyx, right at the bottom of your base of your spine, just between sort of where your back and your, your, your backside meet. And training through that is not good. And I think I've recognised now that it, there is a, a, an element, especially if you are someone that's got into a routine, and especially if you can have a, if you have a bit of a kind of a, a competitive slash um, addictive personality, it's just to keep training even when you're not feeling then you feel injured. You've got to start, you've got to take that rest. And the quicker you stop and rest and get better, the less time you have to take out in the long run. So I think today was about getting you to recognise, you know, we are going to be talking more about fitness. And, and yes, we'll talk about gentle stuff and, and Sue's yoga and, and we'll, that's fine. But also there comes a point where you've got to recognise if you're going to push yourself and get fitter, you know, you are going to be susceptible to injuries, even sometimes in the most strange of ways, like Sue with her, with her leg next last week. And or an ankle, and you have to recognise how we recover from illness quickly, which is recognising it and stopping what's causing the illness. So, in a, in the case of the walking, secondly, do something about it straight away. What can we do immediately to start to to solve this problem? And then, what's the longer term plan? Whether that's in your case a few days or if it's a bigger injury, longer. But don't don't be afraid of, of injuries. As in, don't be doing things and saying, oh, I don't, I'm not going to go on because I might get injured yet. Sit at home and, and, and sort of stuff your face on the couch because that's probably doing you more harm long term than, 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 than the going out and potentially twisting your ankle did. So medication, if you're on it now and you're listening to this, you know, maybe there's some ways you can get off that medication. Why continue to go with the medication? Would you not like a life that were freer? I mean, I, I'm not sure I would be... You said this morning you wouldn't be taking medication. I um, I know I have a different way of thinking, but when I read about how people are happy, they're, they're like addic- addicted to taking painkillers, even taking the ibuprofen the other day, I was a bit, hmm, can I do without it? You know, in the end, I had to think, it gets rid of... Infl- it, you know, it, it'll, it'll decrease my inflammation and... You know, th- there are a lot of good things in medication. That, you know, we ha- we have gr- 
we've we've got great things that can help people and some people need them to live really so I was bothered about taking it and so I, I find it difficult to understand why people will take something that they don't know what's in it they're very you're very trusting well, they're trusting some things. If if you're reliant on medication, you've you know, and some people are because the illnesses are too great. But I think the vast majority of medication being taken these days could be be removed if you start to look at changing your lifestyle. And the fact of the matter is, you know, it is much easier for people to say, do you know what, I'll just take the pills than actually I'm going to have to go out and walk and eat differently and do this. And I think it's an element of laziness. And I kind of wanted to get that in today. That I, we, we, we live in a, in a country now, certainly in the UK, where we're looking at things like the fact that people are struggling in life to feed themselves properly because there's a, there's a lot of change in, you know, the financial circumstances, prices are going up and all that. But yet, the one thing we've never done is, is certainly in the UK, we've never prioritised people's health. We always run a country based on how much does the country make? How much does GDP this, this time? Are we improving that? Are we? Hang on a minute. Why can't we judge a country on the health of its inhabitants? That's the way we should judge a country. People, our politicians and most politicians, they just don't care. So you're dealing with a, with a, with a system like the, the political system and even the medical system, which, have, which are predicated on let's give people products to get them better instead of actually taking someone. How do we help people to get take their own responsibility? You know, I had asthma for, for a number of years with a with an inhaler. So that inhaler I was I used to have to get from the doctors. I didn't take many of them, and, but the fact is, I had to go there and they gave me a tube to to press my mouth and and, and take the you know the little inhalers. How and did yet, you get onto an inhaler? Because I went to my doctor, I had trouble breathing. I I had I used to have I had to have eczema and, and asthma, and the two are sometimes linked. And went to the doctors to give me this inhaler, and then it was only when I started, not quite a lot of years after. I used to have to have that occasionally, that inhaler, unless I didn't do much. If I didn't go anywhere, I didn't do any exercise, it were all right. So the idea is all just sit at home and, and <laughs> hang on a minute. The problem wasn't that. The problem was actually my me, me lifestyle was poor. I was eating the wrong kind of food. I was doing no exercise. The minute I changed my lifestyle with the food, the minute I started my exercise, the inhaler wasn't required. So what but do you think was the biggest lifestyle change for you in, to get rid of your inhaler? Because you didn't think I'm going to do this no, to get the, rid of the, me. Well, the, the biggest thing I have to say, and, and I mean, is alcohol. When I stopped drinking, and, and for me, I had to stop drinking. That was killing me. Um, when the alcohol stopped, the inhaler became less. But actually, the biggest difference was when I started to be mindful of doing a bit more exercise, becoming a little bit healthier that way. But also, food. I think sugar is a massive. That, that for me is the killer. And I know when I say this to people, they, they can roll their eyes. For me. It's not about whether you eat meat, don't eat meat, whether it's about is it best to eat vegetarian or is it best to eat this diet or that diet. People have them arguments all day long. The one thing nobody should be having in their system, the one thing we do not need, is processed sugar. We just don't need it. And yet most people will take it. I mean, we went out last night and we had, did I have a dessert? I didn't have a dessert last night, but we had, I had, a, had a bit of chocolate after the meal. Yes. Now, that's processed sugar. I do accept that. And I accept I'll do that very occasionally. But for me, the biggest change in my Health overall, getting outside, walking was a big part of it, huge part of it. But it was the, it was the sugar. The sugar's the killer. And that's where the diabetes and all the other stuff comes from. So you've got to be very mindful that there's nothing wrong with having the occasional. I'm, I'm even reluctant to call it a treat. 
the occasional piece of sugar or you know processed sugar that's a cake or whatever but if you do it on a regular basis that's what was causing my asthma and even now when i have had some and you know if i've had a bit of cake or a bit of slice something like that before i go to bed i can feel it i can i, mean, I can feel it in me breathing i can feel you it in me, and i snore you you tell me i snore <laughs> so the, so the killer isn't the killer isn't it to some degree people don't understand the addictive qualities of these foods and that's why you know, if you want to recover from anything like you, you recover quickly from injury because you, your food's clean as well. Because if you were eating sugar on top of all this, then your inflammation that you've currently got, which has been exasperated by the sprain, would not would be getting worse by the sugar. I know it's probably another podcast, but the link between processed food and processed sugar and depression is very strong and starting to be scientifically noticed. Do you know, it definitely is another podcast and it's yeah, one we should do. Let's not get into it. All I wanted to try to do today was open up this idea to you that, you know, we're four episodes in now. Some of you will have listened to all four episodes, you know. Hopefully you've subscribed. We'd love you to subscribe. But also I thought from the get-go, when you create something like this, it's not the first podcast I've created and it's not the first podcast Sue's been on. It can be very easy to try to do an episode that's all lovely and funny and, you know, right soft and, and, and woolly that people oh that's nice they're nice people we're here to try to help people improve their fitness and we're going to say some things sometimes that are going to be unpopular but they're not based on what we think they're based on what we have experienced and also the kind of science behind it so what we've talked about today with injury is is, is straight from the horse's mouth with sue you know she's told you there if you've strains pain strains whatever you know do that so i think as we get into the episodes coming up we need to address some of these stronger and more kind of um, emotive issues because the only way you're going to resolve your overall fit over 45 and aging powerfully is to address some of the myths and misconceptions and misconceptions that are out there created by a society that's trying to sell you stuff rather than trying to keep you healthy so we'll not get serious let's leave that there well we've said enough but you know just wanted to say that to you keep coming back every two every wednesday there'll be a podcast We'd love to hear your feedback if you go to fitover45.com. We're starting to build some courses on there now. They're going to be coming out. We're going to talk more about them in June. I really want to start to push them so you listeners will get a chance to maybe experience us um, from a video perspective as well as just audio. Um, but yeah, so thank you for sharing about your Nisu. We hope that's helped you. And if you have any questions at all about what we've talked about, like I said, contact at fitover55.com. We're very happy to answer them. And if you have some ideas for episodes you'd like us to make, you know, is a particular subject you want us to talk about, um, let us know there. You know, we're very, very happy for any feedback. This is about not just us chit-chatting, you know, to, 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 to a microphone. It's about creating a community of people that can give their input. What do you want us to talk about? And if we can talk about it, we will. Right. What are you doing for the rest of the day, Susan? You're going out now, right? You're off to a cafe. Create <laughs> I cafe. escape once a week. You're going out to work in a, in, in a um, little I can get a lot of, um, yeah, as you know, I'm designing my signature programme, which is nearly finished. Yeah, I'll be coming to fit So there's five, a so. lot of, so I'm on to my um, food today. So there you go. So Sue's got a busy day. I've got some work to do in the office. So thank you for listening. Like I said, subscribe if you can. And we'll see you next week with another episode. Until then. Bye-bye. Take care. Mm-hmm.